Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, it's State of State. We got your Nittany Line update. It's a football discussion with Tom and Justin. So kick back and press play. With former Penn State and NFL defensive back Justin King, I'm Tom Hannafin. This is State of State. This podcast is presented by Bet Online. The only people that don't get time off this time of year are pro athletes and the fine folks at Bet Online. With the NFL, college football bowl season, and the NBA in full swing over the holidays, Bet Online isn't taking any time away, all to make sure you have all the up to the second odds, news, and info. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. State of State is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, State of State is a proud supporter of Blue White Outfitters. Blue White Outfitters was created as a retail shop meant to highlight the confidence, competitiveness, and fearlessness of the elite athletes found throughout the history of Penn State University. Check out the latest Peach Bowl gear, plus Lockdown U and Lawn Boys merchandise today. All sales from Blue White Outfitters directly benefit Penn State student-athletes. Visit www.bluewhiteoutfitters.com today. And if you're looking for the perfect beer for Penn State's final game of the season, we've got you covered with the State IPA. Special thanks to our friends at Funk Brewing for creating the best tailgate and game day beer for Nittany Lion fans. A limited supply of the State IPA is still available now. Visit www.funkbrewing.com slash beers slash state dash IPA to learn where and how you can get State IPA before it runs out and before the season is over. Check out the link in the description of this podcast for more information. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy New Year. And as of this Saturday, it's going to be a very happy time for all of us Penn State football fans because Penn State plays Ole Miss in the Peach Bowl this Saturday, December 30th. That'll be at noon on ESPN. We are joined by an expert on Ole Miss football to give us some context going into this game. He is Brad Logan. You can check him out within our Believe Podcast Network family. The Believe in Ole Miss podcast is excellent. He's also a contributor to Inside the Rebels on 24-7 Sports and also the Red Blue Crew Pod. He does a billion podcasts, so this is perfect company. Brad, I think there's plenty of Penn State fans that have a lot of questions in regard to Ole Miss and what we can expect this Saturday. You follow the team regularly. I think a really exciting thing and a selling point to anybody watching this game is that the expectation is for Jackson Dart, Drew Aller, Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, and Quinshawn Judkins to play this Saturday at the Peach Bowl. A lot can change between now and then, of course, but that is a big thing considering the opt-outs, people going to the NFL draft, to have starting quarterbacks and starting running backs in play, I think that's a big deal. What can you tell us in regard to Ole Miss? Well, Tom, thank you for having me on, and thanks to you, Justin, for allowing me to come on and join you guys today. You guys do a great job on the Believe Network, and uh, it's a privilege to be on today. I think looking at this football game uh, from a 10,000-feet view is you want all teams, you want both teams to have all of their their, their wheels rolling in the right direction. These two teams mirror each other very, very well, and what I mean by that is Ole Miss lost to Georgia. Ole Miss lost to Alabama, the two best teams in the conference. 
Uh, they beat everybody else that they played. Penn State in a very similar situation, losing to Ohio State and Michigan. Both those games much closer than the losses that Ole Miss faced, uh, the Ole Miss had against Alabama and Georgia. So uh, a very formidable opponent, uh, one that has a very good defense. We've seen the exit of Manny Diaz. But, but guys, you know as well as I do, Tom Allen coming in, uh, great pedigree. And Tom Allen, uh, a coach that oh, served on the Ole Miss staff. So I think a, an incredible get for Coach James Franklin, who we're all very familiar with from his time at Vanderbilt. Right now, the winningest coach in Vanderbilt history. And, uh, you know, what James did here uh, in the South is phenomenal uh, in a program like Vanderbilt that is so difficult to win. But, yeah, this Peach Bowl is going to be fun. Uh, And from an Ole Miss standpoint, the fans hope it's a whole lot better than that 14 Peach Bowl against uh, TCU whenever Gary Patterson rang up about 42 on Ole Miss very quickly that day. And you just kind of hit on something in that Penn State is brought on Tom Allen to be its new defensive coordinator. Uh, The expectation of the bowl game is he's not going to be calling the bowl game. There will be co-defensive coordinators, which must have tickled Lane Kiffin to see that. He was on social media when Manny Diaz got the Duke job. It was very happy to see Manny Diaz get that job. So how does Ole Miss approach this specifically going up against Penn State's defense? Well, it would not be easy. And I, I kind of side with you on the fact that uh, Ole Miss does not have the caliber of defense that Penn State has. So um, what I really think this is going to happen is I think both these teams will be feeling itself out in the first quarter, maybe into the early part of the second quarter. Uh, Ole Miss scripts it really well, uh, specifically the first couple of drives. Charlie Weiss and, and Lane Kiffin had done a great job uh, scoring the first seven points of the game. Ole Miss was a team that uh, opened the game with the football every single game except the Egg Bowl against Mississippi State. Uh, they lost the toss, and Mississippi State took the ball, would eventually go three and out. But the whole point was is, is Ole Miss always gets the ball, whether they win the toss or lose it. Teams always seem to defer in college football. So Ole Miss always got the ball and drove down the field and scored. Um, and so – uh, if Ole Miss can script it really well the first couple of drives, I think that will be important. Uh, but I do think these teams are going to fill itself out. I think this defense that Penn State, from what I've seen, uh, is going to be really well. But uh, I think from Ole Miss's standpoint, script it well, uh, feel it out really well, and uh, see where you're at midway through the second quarter and then start uh, start your game plan. But, Justin, for Penn State's purposes, Adisa Isaac says he will play in the Peach Bowl. Same with Jacobs, Johnson, uh, Tyler Warren, Daquan Hardy, Hunter Norzad, and Devon Elise. Um, how do you feel about the personnel Penn State should have? Do you see any glaring gaps? In it? Even the loss of Chop Robinson, you're like, for one game? I feel pretty good. I think the just the team in general going to the bowl game, I think they all have something to prove. When we think of replacing two coordinators, everyone's essentially on a tryout in this game where you're like performing for the new coordinator. So I think everybody's uh, motivation is going to be high to perform at another level. And when you're playing against a team like Ole Miss, again, we're, we're in the age of – college free agency you never know what's going on so your film is your resume so with that being said i mean penn state like brad said has a lot of depth when we talk about dds filling in you know, the young guys and just the philosophical approach from james where he has a lot of younger guys getting that those reps early in the season to build that depth for these type of situations when you go into a game where guys are ready to play and i mean that's just a mark of a great program so i'm, I'm excited and i don't think there's going to be any letdown regardless of the personnel that plays because even the guys that may opt into the nfl i think they still are going to try to put their best foot forward in this game like an adisa isaac or i don't know, see what caitlin king does i mean curtis jacobs you know these guys are like premier players and probably across the rest of the country if they weren't playing the college football playoffs they probably wouldn't play but the fact that these guys are playing i think we're going to see some pretty uh intensity 
pretty high intensity from the Penn State football team in this uh, Peach Bowl game. We could get off into the weeds about, you know, a Robinson not playing, but I mean, you know, Penn State grows four stars on trees uh, in Pennsylvania. So they come from all over the country. It's it's a it's a it's a roster that has been loaded by James Franklin. So I don't think Ole Miss fans are getting too terribly caught up in a couple of opt outs. Um, I, I think what Ole Miss has to do is establish the run behind Quinshawn Jenkins. And what Ole Miss has done this year is throw open the receivers. And what I mean by that is, is they've allowed they're, they're trying to implement a a, a a passing attack down the field. You've got Dayton Wade in the slot. You've got Jordan Watkins in the slot also that's been playing with a broken hand. You've got Trey Harris, the outside receiver that can go over the top. And you've got a tight end in Caden Prescorn that really came on in the latter part of the year of the transfer out of Memphis. So what we saw Ole Miss do in the latter part of the year, they were successful against LSU. They were uh, successful against Mississippi State. And then, of course, against Arkansas down the stretch and it's A&M. And the, the way they were able to do that is able to throw open Quinshawn Jenkins, is what I should say. Being able to use the middle of the field, hitting the tight end, that loosens up those very talented linebackers. In this case, for Penn State, that's hopefully can loosen them up from an Ole Miss standpoint and then allow the running backs, Quinshawn Jenkins, Ulysses Bentley, and then Kedrick Riscano to come in and start uh, to start seeing some gaps in that defense from Penn State if you're, if you're Ole Miss because Penn State's done a great job of not allowing separation from the receivers. I really like their cornerbacks. I really like their safety play. So Ole Miss is going to have a, a difficult job uh, getting those separations from those cornerbacks and safeties. What I like about it is Trey Harris coming back. He's also coming back for next year. The transfer out of Louisiana Tech is someone that can take the top off the defense. If he's able to get some separation and get down the field, I expect Ole Miss can be successful early. But absolutely, the key is rolling Jackson Dart out freeing up those linebackers, hitting Caden Priest going down the middle, uh, going up top with Trey, with Trey Harrison, and, and then using the sidelines with Jordan Watkins and Dayton Wade. By doing that, you allow that opportunity for a Quinshawn Jenkins to, uh, to get some big runs, and that's where Ole Miss is dangerous. When linebackers start getting loose and they start – uh, not, not their heads start circling a little bit because they're, they're protecting the run, but they've got to get back in, in, into the into the flats and that sort of thing. Uh, that's where Ole Miss is really successful. Justin, when it comes to coordinators for Penn State, we kind of touched on it that there will be a new offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator as of 2024. But for Saturday at the Peach Bowl, there will be four co <laughs> coordinators, <laughs> co defensive coordinators, and co offensive coordinators for Penn State. One day only. Not the biggest thing in the world, but how much does it play a, a factor in your mind? Uh, not too much because, like, I think everyone's a little looser in bowl games, right? Like, there's not a true pressure when you're playing, so you kind of let things hang loose. And if I me mean, if everybody's cooperating, operating the same way, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see the new coordinators kind of evaluate what's going on and if they have any input in the game plan and how we're going to do things, whether it's through the bowl practices and things of that nature. But I think it should be fine, especially, again, the bowl game is a different approach than it is in a normal season game. Like this is just kind of, say, an exhibition, but it is an exhibition game <laughs> to an extent. So, I mean, we'll, I think I don't think there will be any confusion or any slowdowns from just the multiple coordinators, but it's an interesting uh, operation, to say the least. Justin, I know you're a fan of Lane Kiffin, and also we've talked about on this show, Charlie Weiss Jr. So, Brad, for a little insight, um, can you give us a little detail on what Charlie Weiss Jr. brings to this offense? Well, he brings a lot of experience. You know, when Lane Kiffin took this job, he immediately hired Charlie Weiss Jr. that worked for him at Fort Atlantic. 
And, you know, he's he's got a pedigree with his dad uh, who coached at Notre Dame. And, in fact, there were, you know, depending on what happens with Notre Dame's OC, Charlie Weiss, his name's mentioned. And that says a lot. And, you know, I think what Ole Miss can do from a staffing standpoint, uh, you look at what Ole Miss has done offensively this year and last year under the direction of Charlie Weiss. Uh, this year, defensively, Ole Miss has played really well under Pete Golding. They were recruiting incredibly well in the high school level and, of course, the transfer portal. But uh, I, I like I like Weiss a lot. I don't know how many plays he calls. I know he's very much involved with the scripting of the plays, the playbook, uh, you know, utilizing specific talent. I think at the end of the day, Lane Kiffin's pulling the trigger on the plays. I really do. Now, I think it's in conjunction with talking with a wide receiver coach, Derek Nix, along with Charlie Weiss, you and the offensive coordinator. But I do think it's a collective effort. I would like to say something real quick. Justin made a really good point. It, it very much is an exhibition game, and that, that sounds like a negative thing to say, but it but but we don't mean it that way. It gives an opportunity to put a, I don't know, a cherry on top to a really good season for both teams. Uh, both teams come in with a record of 10-2, and two, and I think Penn State's 7-2 in the conference. So if you've got two teams like this, yeah, it's a bit of an ex- exhibition game, but it's a whole lot of fun for two fan bases that love their football. I expect, guys, a huge crowd at Mercedes-Benz. Uh, probably split, split right down the middle. Both these teams, uh, Gary Stoken told me when we had him on the program, uh, he's the CEO of the Peach Bowl, and he told me that uh, each team got 13,000 tickets. I expect that uh, that has sold out uh, tremendously. Uh, Penn State is a, is a fun, fun program. And I'll be honest, I've never been to uh, to Happy Valley, so one day that's on, that's on my bucket list. It, I, I couldn't imagine how cool it is uh, to go to a game at Penn State. But, yeah, really excited about the Peach Bowl. Yeah, we we are spoiled by that, and it'll be Penn State's first time going to the Peach Bowl, first time playing Ole Miss, if I'm not mistaken. It is, first time in program history for either of these teams to play each other, which is insane to think about. Tis the season for giving and gathering, and with HelloFresh, it can also be the season of saving. Actually save money this month with fresh recipes delivered, cheaper than takeout, and with pre-portioned ingredients, you'll never waste money on excess food. Justin, everybody is trying to save money. It's time for the holidays. I'd rather spend my money on gifts than tons and tons of food. Save money and time, which we can't get back, right? Especially during the holiday seasons. We'd rather spend time opening up our gifts with our kids and our significant others instead of running to the grocery store fighting people for, I mean, last minute chicken and turkey. I don't know what everyone eats on uh, Christmas, but thanks for HelloFresh for having these, you know, convenient and deliverable uh, services where we can get our grub on. Yeah, there's no need to fight. Did you know HelloFresh does more than just dinners? From easy breakfasts to start your morning off right to 10-minute lunches or satisfying snacks both adults and kids will love. HelloFresh has tasty choices for every mealtime occasion. And the best part, no grocery store trip required. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LionFree and use code LionFree, that's L-I-O-N-F-R-E-E, for free breakfast for life one breakfast item per box while subscription is active that's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash lion free with code lion free that's l-i-o-n-f-r-e-e hellofresh america's number one meal kit justin in terms of the uh i know it's the ugly thing to talk about but like the nil situation going on with both these teams it seems like penn state you know you and i, you and I have talked about it that they have caught up in the last few years it seemed like this past summer the way that james franklin was talking is that uh, they were a little bit behind but the way lane kiffin 
conducts business, it seems like Ole Miss is certainly a progressive brand within college football in being out in front of the NIL conversation, being active in the transfer portal. Justin, how do you evaluate the Ole Miss program uh, as a whole? Well, it's interesting when you think about NIL. I think the first mistake that we all make when we judge NIL based on the ecosystems and the teams is that we hold everybody to the same standard, right? When every it's like essentially building up your own fort or your own little army and there's different strategies in Ole Miss and there's different strategies at Penn State versus Michigan. For example, Michigan's probably spent the least amount of money in NIL and acquiring talent, but they're in the college football playoffs, right? And so then there's different avenues. So when I think about who's doing well or who's catching up, it's like, are you doing well within your ecosystem and catering to your fan base to get them to support in whichever way that is. I think it's different for Penn State than it is Ole Miss. I think the problem comes is when you try to emulate someone like Ole Miss, because that's a whole different fan base, whether it's the head coach and how he operates, how the boosters kind of operate in terms of giving money to players or how they value players in the South. It's just a completely different mindset from just the higher education philosophy all the different things. So I think that goes into NIL. So that I'm saying all that to say, I love how Ole Miss is handling uh, NIL, whether uh, Lane Kiffin's been on the forefront of everything. It seems like they do great jobs when they, when they do raise money. It's not $100,000, $200,000 here. It's like it's millions. So it makes sense for them to operate like that. So I don't think we can even compare different organizations. You have to know that ecosystem and hit those marks within that ecosystem, just like I mean, you look at free agency in the NFL, how different teams approach free agency, whether it's the Packers, the Ravens, or the Steelers, who kind of historically have grown through the draft and developed players versus some teams that just really dump all their money into free agency and see how that operates. I mean, we've seen like even like a team like Texas A&M have the resources, toss out money, not really get wins. So it has to really align from the leadership, the fan base, and to the actual coaches. So I'm saying all that to say, I love how Ole Miss approaches NIL because I think it's authentic to Ole Miss. I think it's authentic authentic to the coach and the players that they attract. I mean, they're the right players, right? Whether they go the JUCO route or just the different avenues that they target, it's fitting. And I think Lane Kiffin knows the culture of Ole Miss to the T and the fan base. So I love how they're approaching it. Um, I mean, even with Penn State, I think we're approaching it in a Penn State way. Sometimes there's been a a disjointed messaging and how things are going or how I would think it should go. But I mean, it hasn't stopped us from winning 10, 10 games or 11. So we'll see how that continues to move forward. But yeah, you're not coming to state college and jumping into the Rolls Royce with uh, Lane Kiffin. So that is, you're attracting, you know, different talent, but it has to fit the talent of your ecosystem or your, or your program. And I think Ole Miss does a great job with that. Brad, what's your observation as someone who's boots on the ground following this team? Well, let me first off say uh, I, I'm so glad that Justin said what he said because NIL is so much different at different programs. The the offerings of each school, and I'm not even talking about just, just cold hard cash. I'm talking about opportunity to play. I'm talking about education. I'm talking about uh, after you finish playing, what's the NFL pedigree? What position are you coming in for? Are you a wide receiver? Are you a defensive lineman? Do you like James Franklin's way? Do you like Lane Kiffin's way? There's so many different ways of choosing a school. 
other than uh, if that school is going to pay you X amount of dollars in an NIL package. So thank you for bringing that up. And I think that's so important. And so many people miss the forest for the trees when they think, well, so-and-so is paying X amount of dollars. Well, there's a whole lot that goes into that. Uh, what, so many examples are, where does the student athlete live? Where's his parents live? Is his parents going to have to fly to every game? Can they drive to every game? Uh, so you, you really play into play into all of that. But right now, from an NIL standpoint, Ole Miss has what they call the Grove Collective. And it's monitored by Walker Jones. Walker's a former Ole Miss football player. He's got a pedigree with Under Armour, with Jimmy Sexton. So he knows the lay of the land when it comes to college athletics. Basically, the Grove Collective is a, a fundraising organization. Uh, they're just now dabbling into uh, interviews, uh, a clothing line. They have an alcohol line. They have uh, so many different things, uh, T-shirts and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, it's all about compensation for players. And they uh, they compensate specific players. They set them up with advertising opportunities. And uh, they have a uh, uh, an opportunity for, for them to, uh, to, to take care of their name, image, and likeness. And that's what the Grove Collective has done. Uh, millions and millions of dollars. And that's how Ole Miss has been able to land the number one wide receiver, the number one defensive end, the number one linebacker, and the number one defensive lineman in the transfer portal. All of that is because of the works of the Grove Collective. I'm not going to, you know, shy away from that. That that's what that's about. But that's only a small percentage of a football team and you know Justin you and Tom both know that a football team is brought to you by a lot of different players with a lot of different backgrounds and you're only talking about a a a select few people that have extraordinary contracts to play college football. The remainder they're they're happy they have a scholarship. They, but they have a roof over their head. They have a great meal, and they're getting a darn good education at both Ole Miss and Penn State. But, yeah, I mean, there's some players that are going to attract that type of money, and Ole Miss has been at the forefront of the transfer reporter under Lane Kiffin specifically over the last couple of years. I will say this. People ask me all the time, how is Penn State versus Ole Miss on a you know competitive level in college football? I think over the last three years they're very similar in regards to what tier they're on in college football. But I think as a whole, I don't think anybody would tell you that Ole Miss has a better program than Penn State. The numbers don't back it up. Uh, Penn State, uh, legendary Joe Paterno, national championships. Uh, Ole Miss just doesn't have that. Uh, maybe one day down the road, but right now they don't. But I do think over the last couple of years, they've been kind of toe-for-toe toe with Penn State. And I think James Franklin's done a phenomenal job at Happy Valley, and I think that uh, you know Lane Kiffin has done – very, very well at Ole Miss and may end up being the winningest coach in Ole Miss history by the time he leaves. He only trails coach Johnny Vaught by a couple of percentage points, and uh, he's got an opportunity to uh, to, uh, to to beat him out over the next uh, year or so. Uh, both teams are going to experience some new parties involved in their conferences in 2024, so that's always interesting. Brad, as uh, it's impossible for all of us to be unbiased in regard to this game, uh, in your opinion, what would it take for Ole Miss to beat Penn State in the Peach Bowl? I think the key to me, uh, Tom, is the line of scrimmage. And I know that sounds cliche, and you know I get all that. But uh, with Penn State's offensive line look really good this year from the tape that I saw, uh, Ole Miss has got a really good defensive front. I, I would be interested to see J Jeremiah Pegues, the, the nose tackle, Jared Ivey, defensive end. I'm excited to see Penn State's offensive line versus Ole Miss's defensive front. If they can lean on that Ole Miss defense and get get up to the second level to the linebackers and really establish a running game, it could be a long day for Ole Miss. On the flip side, I think 
if Ole Miss can can get some type of penetration with their offensive line to Penn State's defensive front. I think Penn State's got a good defensive front. If they can lean on them, Quinshawn Judkins can get some running running lanes. Ole Miss can continue to open the passing game with Caden Priest going using that tight end, take the top off the defense with Trey Harris, like I talked about earlier. I think Ole Miss can 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 score some points. If it gets into a shootout, I like Ole Miss, but I don't know that we're going to get into a shootout because I think Penn State's defense is uh, going to be coming to play. I think Tom Allen's going to implement just enough um, to, uh, to 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 cement his uh, his legacy there at Penn State. I, I cannot yeah. believe, you know, that they were able to secure him. He is a fantastic football coach. I've known and, Coach and Brad, Coach Allen for a long time. Not not and, to cut uh, you off. The interesting yeah. thing is that if you go on Penn State social media and you just see how fans react, it's a polarizing hire. There are I some don't know people. How. It's. I think some of it, and and Justin, I'd love for you to chime in here. He's I fantastic, can, man. He, I can, he's a brilliant defensive mind. I, I continue to see people on social media. It feels like the exact same syndrome, I'll use that phrase, of when Manny Diaz was fired from Miami. I've seen people say, oh, we just hired a coach that's a loser. Uh, I, I, I don't, I, don't I, I respect people's opinions. Like if they have a valid reason why sure. they don't think he's a good hire, that's fine. But Justin, I, I'm kind of perplexed that people don't think Tom Allen is a good defensive coach. Just probably to a little, a little emotional, and especially with Indiana being in, in conference, I don't say rival, but we always, they always play us tough, but we always went and we expected to beat Indiana. So I think from the Penn state fans, they look at Indiana as a, I guess, a, I mean, a, a downgraded type of program from Penn State or just a lesser tier. And when you take their head coach, it's like bringing somebody up, but it's not really that at all. Like when you just kind of separate and have a little bit of critical thinking of what a defensive coordinator does versus a head coach and all the support that goes into running a football program versus just running one side of the football, it's, those are two completely different jobs. And so I think a lot of the sentiment that came from the Penn State fans are one – 2020 Indiana game where I guess the guy scored and next stretch. And then just the idea of how they view Indiana as a lesser tier type of program. But that's just, I mean, ignorant to be the nicest. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, I agree. I do think Indiana is much, absolutely a lesser tier program than Penn state, but look what he did at Indiana. Uh, Sure. They kind of fell off there at the end. I think just a talent standpoint. And when your number one quarterback leaves you and goes to another program, you know, that leaves you in a very difficult spot. You know, I've seen Tom Allen in action personally, and uh, I think he's a phenomenal defensive coordinator. So uh, I will put the numbers up against anybody when, uh, if anyone were to dispute that. But yeah, I don't, I don't subscribe to the theory that, well, you know, Manny Diaz, yeah, he, he flamed out. Why don't we want him as a coordinator? Well, that, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, he's got a pedigree of where he's been before, just like Tom Allen has had a pedigree before he came to Ole Miss. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see that Penn State defense. And, and one thing I'll be looking for, if I see any tendencies that he brought over from Indiana that we recognize at Ole Miss. Uh, now, I understand he's going to be the co, and he's probably not going to have a ton to do with the def- defensive game plan. But I do think he'll have some. I mean, he's not going to come in and, and just sit back in the corner and not say anything. I, You know, I've been around him too long. He's a very fiery guy, uh, loves, loves football, loves the college game, loves his players. So uh, I expect we'll see a little bit of flavor of Tom Allen for sure. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really excited to, to, to see uh, – back to your original question. I love offensive line play and I love defensive line play, and uh, I just cannot wait to see who wins that matchup uh, on both sides of the ball for both teams. 
Justin, sorry, I got sidetracked there. I had to defend Tom Allen's honor, <laughs> but um, in, in in your opinion, Justin, uh, you know, similar uh, question: What is the X factor for Penn State to beat Ole Miss? The X factor. I mean, to be honest with you, just it's almost make sure it doesn't get into a shootout, right? Like, stay ahead of the game and really play Penn State's football game because I think when you get into like a Lane Kiffin's like explosive offense, you, you just don't want to get into a shootout with those guys. I personally so I mean just playing ahead of the ahead of the football, playing sound defense, making sure you're like you like Brad said, playing play action and all those things, discipline football on the defensive side will be the catalyst to securing this win. Because I think even when we come up to it, I want to say Ole Miss's rush defense is like lower sixties upper 70s and we just talk about how we run the football you winning in the trenches really making it um a physical football game over like a, a space type of game which kind of lends well to Ole Miss so I think overall like that's the strategy where I think was the X factor I don't know if there's a player that's going to be an X factor outside of Drew Aller um the quarterback but um again just like a quick story about Lane Kiffin a, a fan like you know he he recruited me out of high school. I mean, he was at USC way back in the day, talking about 20 years ago. But I always remember him coming into Pittsburgh in January when there's snow on the ground and he had shorts and a flip flops on when he coached uh, at USC. And I was just like, who's this surfer guy coming in? Like, who is this guy? <laughs> he was young at the time. And so it's just to see the progression of like what he's the, he just came in drawing up different plays like, oh, we could do this, we could do that. And so, like, I, he's one of the offensive guys that I actually like because it's like matched with a level of confidence and charisma that you can really do some damage. Like, he's the type of person that's a matchup offensive coordinator. So, if he sees any weakness or blood in the water, he's coming for it. Like, it's not really based on this is my scheduled 15 or this is that. No, he's like, oh, we see a we see a duck in the water. Let's kill it. Like in that type of mentality from an offensive coach, you just want to make sure you contain that when you're going against a program like that. So, Justin, tell me a little bit about when when Lane Kiffin recruited you. Number one, uh, when he reached out, can you walk me through that recruiting process? And what do you remember that made him stand out versus uh, other coaches that recruited you? Well, it was a, it was a time I'm, – I'm from Pittsburgh. So, at the time, it was USC's – heyday right reggie bush all those yeah. guys are coming up i mean it's the the dynasty being built and he was like a young upcoming coach and so it was it was i want to say it was one of my first offers outside of the region where it was like oh usc is coming into pittsburgh to recruit me and they're sending their offensive guy after i spoke to pete Carroll, i was like want to have lane kiffin come out but the when he came in i mean again the thing that initially caught my eye was that he had flip-flops and shorts on in january in the snow and like the way he was, the way he just carried himself was like a very, very confident, but at the same time, lackadaisical compared to the rest of the coaches that were coming in. So like, there was like this, this, like this calm confidence that he carried himself with. And like, you just believed what he said. And I didn't know if I was going to go to USC, but I was like, this guy's going to be, he's going to be a top tier coach in this industry at one point. And I want to say it was maybe a second or third year coaching to be like having his whole room. So it was like a young, it was a young Lane Kevin, not to date myself. So that's probably Oh three. That's 20 something years ago. You know what I mean? So that was the one thing I'm, I'm always, I mean, I guess attracted to like real confident coaches where I can kind of see through the BS when you get recruited by a lot of different people. I think in the recruiting process and your maturation process slow speeds up so much because your bullshit meter is very sharp. And he was one of the guys where I felt he wasn't playing into the, the pageantry of recruiting. I felt like he was real. He was honest. And 
I mean, you I mean, like that stuff was like, yo, come to the sip. Like when he first started that whole situation, like he was doing that when it wasn't really cool. You know what I mean? Like where it was like, oh, coaches need to be buttoned up. And he kind of stepped out and like it just expanded his territory in that. So like that was the one thing that separated him from a lot of different coaches. It was just more of a extreme intrigue in how he carried himself as a coach. Well, we are so excited for the Peach Bowl again this Saturday at noon on ESPN in Atlanta. If you get a chance to go to the game, enjoy the game. Uh, again, you can check out Brad Logan on Inside the Rebels on 24-7 Sports. Uh, of course, Believe in Ole Miss, part of our Believe Podcast Network family, and also the Red Blue Crew Pod. Brad, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Tom, and thank you, Justin. Uh, it's going to be a fun game. Uh, I look forward to, to seeing everybody there. And uh, you know what? I can't believe we're seeing Ole Miss and Penn State for the very first time. You know, we, we talked about that midway through the podcast that these two teams have never played each other. So uh, seeing a familiar foe is in James Franklin, who we have a ton of respect here in Mississippi, seeing them play Ole Miss. And uh, talking about it here today, it's been a whole lot of fun. Justin, Tom, thanks for having me on. We appreciate you. Guys, enjoy the game. Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter, at TheKing1 and at Tom Hannafin. State of State is presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.